Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shalom, Leontine. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Shavua Tov. Ellen, a good week to you. And also Chag Sameach. We're going into uh, Rosh Hashanah. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach means uh, happy holiday. Sometimes in the Jewish world, you'll hear people say good yontif. Good yontif is the Yiddish. Yiddish. Yeah, yeah. the Yiddish version of, of, of Chag Sameach. But here in Israel... When you greet somebody on the street on a holiday, you say Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Happy holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you have big plans for, for Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, 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 yeah. We are uh, going to, to, to eat with friends. It's going to be, I'm sure, delicious and a lot of fun. Actually, my uh, daughter, Johanna, is going to France, so she won't be here. So otherwise, you know. We would, of course, uh, do a Rosh Hashanah with her, but she will be with her sister and her father uh, in France. So I'm very happy for them. So uh, we were invited and we accepted the, uh, the invitation and we're very happy to, to have Rosh Hashanah with our friends. And you? So we, we it's always great to be with the kids. You know, all of our, uh, my daughters uh, live here, so mm. my immediate family's here. The problem is, is that the rest of the family is, is not they're in uh, Memphis and Chicago. The Chagim, the holidays, are, are a lot, largely about family. So I miss, miss my family, my wife's family. Uh, we used to celebrate together. But fortunately, uh, my parents uh, were here for three weeks, and they just, they just left and went back to Memphis, which was an incredible uh, experience. You know, I notice I always say incredible. And a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, I like that word. I need ah. to stop using it so much. Find a uh, find a better word. It was fantastic. It was <laughs> stupendous. Stupendous. Having having my parents you say um, it in, in French, incroyable. And uh, is that like incredible? Yeah. And say it again. Incroyable. Incroyable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I told you I took four years of uh, yeah. of uh, high school French, and I know four words. Taisez-vous? Fer no. Fermez la bouche. Fermez la bouche, Alan. Close your mouth. Be quiet, Alan. So add incroyable. Incroyable. So it was just wonderful having my parents because they haven't been uh, to Israel. Uh, to visit in uh, o over three and a half years. The last wow. time they were here uh, was um, for the wedding of my daughter Gabby to Yaakov. And just to have them here in, for three, three weeks um, was fantastic. Uh, incroyable. Incroyable. How nice. Wow. So how was your week? Or was this your week? That, that was my week. That and, was and your week. What about your week? What did ah. you do uh, leading up, probably preparing for the holiday? What did you do this week? Well, I actually, I worked. And, uh, you know, I was, um, uh, I'm a guide also for Yad Vashem, the uh, Shoah Museum or Holocaust Museum. And I guided two different groups. One, um, 
was uh, an Australian uh, company that visited. They visited uh, as a company here because they were working with an Israeli company. And then um, as we were visiting Yad Vashem, at one point we were standing in front of a photo where you saw several women and one of the people in the group asked if he could say something. Uh, you know, in, in Yad Vashem where you're guiding, they, they, you have a little microphone and the people have headsets. So he took my microphone and he actually uh, told us that the woman on the picture was his mother and um, of all the people in the picture that were in the picture, she was the only one who actually survived. She was in Auschwitz and she, she survived. So that was a very, very moving moment, you know, also as a guy to, uh, to experience that. And the other uh, two days later, I, I was asked to come and guide in Dutch. And it turned out that the people were um, parliament members of the Dutch parliament. So they just uh, had brought been brought to Israel by... Um, um, uh, Jewish movement in Holland that's brought them to Israel to make them learn about more about the country. I guess like a lobby yeah, to make them also understand the country better so they would vote maybe hopefully in a different way. And uh, so I there I was guiding uh, parliament members, Dutch parliament members. So I was very uh, honored. They were very, very sweet. They were Christians, mostly uh, Christian parliament members, very uh, Swedes and they had, you know, at one point I explained, um, I, I go, got more into depth about what happens in Holland, of course, when you are there. And at one point I told them how my grandmother from my mother's side was arrested. And at the end of the tour, the, you know, they came to ask me about, you know, what happened eventually to my grandmother. So uh, very sweet and very, um, uh, well, it was also very rewarding for me to be able to guide them and to, um, to make them understand better what happens. Mm -hmm. so that's wonderful yeah uh yeah you're the like the vip guide uh no not I, at all I'm, I'm i'm just you know <laughs> and and uh, i've i think even in yad vashem nobody knew there were parliament members visit, visiting because there was nobody of yad vashem that came to welcome them or just me so uh it was i'm i'm yeah you know i but i expect that from you i, I actually was in yad vashem um a couple months ago i think i told you this because i was there uh with a group and they had VIPs from Holland. It was the, I think it was the foreign minister of Holland that was actually at uh, Yad Vashem with a big security detail. And I was looking for you because I thought for sure that you were going to be the guide of this dignitary. Ah, yeah, no, they never asked me for this kind of uh, guiding. So that's, anyway, it's, uh, I guide uh, normal people. If I <laughs> Specialized in normal people. Normal, normal are the best. <laughs> right. So today, it, uh, appropriately, the topic of the day is Rosh Hashanah, uh, the holiday of Rosh Hashanah that we begin uh, this evening. Um, you know, in Israel, people out, living outside of Israel think that, that the Rosh Hashanah is one day because yeah. most of the Chagim, most of the high holidays in Israel, as far as people living outside of Israel know, are one day. A single day, not two days. But, believe it or not, even Rosh Hashanah in Israel is a two-day holiday, not a one-day holiday. So we start tonight, and for two days we'll be celebrating the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, which also begins the month of Tishrei. Tishrei is the month of, what I say, is the, holiday, the month of the Jewish holidays. Because we start with Rosh Hashanah, then we go into Yom Kippur, and then we end with... Uh, Sukkot. Yes, yeah, Sukkot. yeah. yeah. Uh, but Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is celebrated uh, and recognized basically as the birthday of the world. 
the day that Adam and Eve were created, the birthday of the world. Uh, and as I mentioned, we mentioned in the last episode, we, we recognize that in Israel, the calendar is a Jewish calendar. So the holidays here are the Jewish holidays. So Rosh Hashanah, New Year's, is the birthday of the world uh, and not January 1 as the New Year is celebrated elsewhere and around the world. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a very important holiday. Uh, let's talk about how it's celebrated. What, what do you see? What's going on? How, what's, what are the customs uh, in, in Israel for the holiday of Rosh Hashanah? Okay, so uh, first of all, um, actually Rosh Hashanah, it's the beginning. It means the head of the year. Uh, Rosh is the head, and Ha is the, and Shana is the year. So it's the head of the year. Um, and it is actually the beginning of 10 days, I would say. Of, uh, so it's a very happy moment, but in fact it's not. It's the beginning of um, introspection, you say. You, you, it's the beginning of where you, uh, it will um, end with Yom Kippur, the 10th day is uh, Yom Kippur, the day of pardon, where we fast, it's a difficult S- day. Slichot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yes, the, the, the whole period is called Slichot. Mm-hmm. Slichot comes from Slicha, which means sorry, I'm so sorry, you, you step on somebody's fo- foot, you say, forgive excuse me, me Slich- forgive me. Slicha. Exactly, pardon, pardon, the day of pardon. And uh, so it's it's the beginning of those ten days where you you there's introspection and basically you think of all the things that you did wrong in the past year. For me, it's always many 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 things, and you search for forgiveness and also you have to forgive others okay which is more difficult (laughs) but you have to do it and you can actually do it by calling people that you you say if i did anything bad to you i please will you i wasn't intentionally and if even if it was will you forgive me and um uh, but you can it's also something that goes on in your head right it's uh, all but all by yourself and only you will know eventually at the end of the 10 days whether you were forgiven and whether you have forgiven or not. And it's also the opening of the book of life eh? that starts with the sounding of the um, shofar, which is the ram's horn. And it's, I find the the sound uh, terrifying and beautiful. Chilling, chilling. Yeah, yeah. It's really and and it ends also with the the, horn, the ram's horn. So I, am I too confusing? You, hold on a second. You, you, <laughs> so you think it's it's beautiful? I think some people do think it's beautiful. I think it sounds like a you know like a dying animal. So it's yeah, uh, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's both. It's beautiful and terrifying. I would say it's because also it's the sound that goes with this period. So you hear when you're walking through Jerusalem, you hear it all the time. Huh? It's it's a. Uh, um, during their uh, so during those ten days, also um, Orthodox Jews will go to the synagogue every day, and they will say specific prayers that are the, called the slichot, uh, and they they with um, their fist they 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 hit on their hearts, and I mean it's uh, while they say all the bad things that I did, I was lying, I was cheating, I was doing this, I was doing that. It's a uh, it's. The terrifying days, yeah. I would say. And, and usually uh, you have to go, uh, at least when I lived in Memphis, you have to go to synagogue to hear the shofar, okay? Uh, but for me, yeah. <laughs> my windows are open, yeah. and I hear it at all the, the little shtibalach, the little synagogues in my neighborhood. Every morning I hear the, the shofar yeah. blast. You can and, just stay home. And, it's, it's, mm. it's, and, it, and it does. It wakes you up. <laughs> it does. In the morning it wakes me up when I'm actually sleeping. Uh, and it's to say, wake up, wake up, get ready, you know, right. uh, 
Um, so it's that that's that's a special part of the holiday. But I like to focus on the yeah. cheerful side, the I sweet agree. sweet side, the food, uh, the food. <laughs> yes. So we celebrate it uh, like <laughs> like most Jewish holidays with food, with uh, festival meals. Uh, and the Rosh Hashanah meal, uh, actually, there's several <coughs> meals throughout the two days. But the Rosh Hashanah uh, meals um, are are um, are very very festive and sweet and sweet because you have you have the chalot always the challah, and this time you don't make it just regular challah. You make it sweet with honey and raisins, and uh, you even after you say the the hamotzi the blessing over the challah, you even uh, many people the custom is to to pour added honey. Uh, onto the challah for yeah. a sweet. You don't dip it in um, in salt, but in honey. Yes, and what else is on the on the festival meal on the table? Other things that we eat and we put on the table are apples with honey. There's the custom of dipping uh, apples in honey uh, for also for the sweet new year. And there's another fruit. What's the other fruit that we eat on Rosh Hashanah? The pomegranate. The rimon, the yeah. pomegranate. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, very uh, special because pomegranates grow like weeds. You have trees all over Israel uh, filled with pomegranates, um, and pomegranates sometimes are the symbol of uh, fertility because of the number of seeds. Yeah. Some would argue that there's 613 yeah. seeds uh, corresponding to the 613 commandments of the Torah. Um, I've never counted. Have you ever counted the seeds of a pomegranate? Uh, no. But uh, I, I, what I understand is that sometimes you're lucky and you'll find 613, and sometimes, most of the times, it's a different number. I, I figure if I count and I don't get sent to 613, when I'm guiding, I can no longer say that there. some people claim that there are 613 right. uh, seeds in the pomegranate. But it's also a fruit for fertility, filled with seeds. Right. Um, what else? What other customs? So what you do you see around the uh, You have uh, the head of... Um, of uh, of the f- head of the fish, or for instance, I d- we had this in. I don't know if they you do it, but um, the to to say that you will be at the head of the of the um, the year, you'll be first in the year of the year, the best of the year. So you have on the table, you have a head. You have um, the dishes are in general uh, made with um, you know in the dishes you have honey. So I I like to make um, tagine, you know, like uh, lamb with um, fruits and then the, in the sauce is also like i put silan of course that we talked about the other day uh, date honey yeah date honey the the challah bread is round by the way it's not a braided like it is in the rest of the year but it's Do you know round. why that is why is it round it's the cycle of life i think and the fact that it's the year beginning something like that you don't know i, I think don't know. oh i think it's I um okay i think it's the the new the, it's like the symbol of uh, the cycle of life and that is beginning again I look. I think that's a wonderful explanation. Yeah. You know, you ask uh, two Jews, you get three opinions. True. That's very true. Well, that's what I think of on, at my table. You have something special. Look, uh, today because uh, Diane is so healthy, we have lots of uh, vet. We, we we have a different meal than I grew up with. Uh, in my home, uh, as a child, we had uh, chicken soup, and we had. Uh, I mean, sorry, matzah ball soup, and we had. Uh, oh, is that, that's uh, not for Pesach. You have uh, it also both. for also okay. for and gefilte fish, ah. or as I like to say, filthy fish. <laughs> uh, and then we have. Um, a lot of meat and uh, fish and uh, uh, desserts. It's uh, it's look, Rosh Hashanah 
the festival meals of Rosh Hashanah are like uh, Shabbat, uh, um, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving in, in America, Easter, all rolled up in one. It's, uh, it's a very special holiday uh, if you're the one receiving the food. Now, if you're the one that has to prepare the meal, <laughs> <laughs> it's, for sure. it's not so, so, so special. Uh, what I like by Rosh, by, with Rosh Hashanah, you have a lot of dishes on the table, but the whole um, uh, first part of the dinner takes a lot less time than the one with Pesach, where it's endless. Um, so that I, lo I love it because you have all these different kinds of foods, but you don't you eat them uh, very quickly, and then you can go to the serious stuff, which is actually eating the dinner. So that's what I like about it as well. Also, people go dressed in white, by the way, to the synagogue in that period. Uh, it's also part of the slichot. Um, and what I also uh, learned over the years, I, I didn't understand this because, you know, I'm new uh, in Judaism. I, I, I was not raised uh, in Judaism. So what I learned is that the, the sounds of the shofar, actually, um, they have a name. So you have the long uh, sounds and the short ones and they are called tekia, shefarim and then the long 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 very long one is called tekia gadola tekia gadola exactly so that's something that i learned as well so if you're in israel uh and you go to the market you're going to see lots of pomegranates you're going to see apples uh, grapes because it's the grape season and people also dip grapes in honey You'll see, um, you'll see the chalot, the round chalot, and they'll have raisins um, usually uh, in them. Uh, what else do you see in the market on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah? Oh, you also see uh, honey cake. People like to eat honey cake and fruit cakes, cakes, different kinds of cakes than you'll see during the, the regular part of the year. Anything that's got extra, extra sweetness. Um, and we had a tradition, I don't know, it was funny, when, growing up, we always had a, called the Rosh Hashanah bowl. What's the, that? You know, uh, in, in, in America, you have football games, American football, not soccer. You know, here they call, uh, in Israel, football is uh, Kedar Regel, which yeah. is soccer. Kador. Right Kador. Yeah. But in America... Uh, football is uh, uh, the American football, the, the NFL. Ah, right. Uh, so when Where you, you have use the hands, right? Also, is that right? Yes, you yeah. use the hands. Cheaters. And you, and you tackle. Cheaters. Uh, it's a physical, physical game. But uh, like, for instance, uh, everybody will recognize that there's a game called the Super Bowl. Ah, yes. Okay? So a bowl is the game, the, the, the game of all games of competition. So on Rosh Hashanah, uh, w after the big meal... Uh, in order to blow off some steam and, and get some exercise, we used to go off to the field not far from the synagogue uh, and play a football game um, against, uh, you know, we'd, we'd have teams, and it would be called the Rosh Hashanah Bowl. That's so funny. Uh, that's funny. So, by the way, where are we now? Where are we sitting? Today we are in the Villa Brown Hotel. Right. The cave. In the bar. I can hear the machines, the fridges and so on. Uh, maybe you guys can hear them as well. Thank you, Brown, for hosting us. And um, what about the question? Am I asking the question or are you asking I the question? I think the question was submitted to you. So uh, you asked so the question. Too. Yes, yes. It's, it's submitted to me several times. I love the question, though. 
Yeah, because um, when I guide Americans, which I, I it happens, I, mer- I guide Dutch people, Belgian people, British people, French people, but when I guide Americans, very often they will ask me, why isn't there Starbucks in Israel? And when I was guiding in Paris, they would ask me, why are there so many Starbucks in Paris? But let's uh, concentrate on Israel. Do you have the answer? Yeah, so so I, I get the same question. Where are the Starbucks, they want to know. Where, where, where are the Starbucks? Because in America... It's on every corner. Um, but here, uh, Starbucks gave it a shot. They gave, actually gave Israel uh, a shot. They did come to Israel um, in 2001, um, and they put Starbucks in, only in Tel Aviv. Uh, but it didn't last two years. In less than two years, they closed up shop and packed up their bags, uh, and no more Starbucks. Um, so Starbucks would say they did poor, uh, poor business plan. They did poor mac- marketing. They're going to give all kinds of excuses why they're not here, and someday they might return. But the truth of the matter is that Israel, long before there was a Starbucks, Israel had a coffee, coffee culture, a culture of the, you know, we're a melting pot in Israel. We got Asia and Africa and Europe. So we get the coffee of the cappuccinos of, of Italy, and we get the 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 uh, boats the, the 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 Arabic coffee from uh, from Asia and from Africa, so we have a coffee culture in Memphis, Tennessee. You hear me talk about Memphis all the time, but that's my 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 hometown. Your reference <laughs> in Memphis, uh, we like to say there were were uh, churches on every corner. You know, Memphis is in the Bible Belt. I like to say it's the buckle of the Bible Belt. So we had churches on every corner. Sometimes. You had an intersection with four corners, and there would be four churches, one on each corner. Well, here in Israel, that's how coffee uh, cafes are. We have coffee on every corner. And every corner doesn't have the instant or the, um, what do you call it, the filtered coffee that they eat in America. But they have coffee with these fancy machines. You can go to a gas station. You can go to a corner grocery. You can go anywhere you go, there's going to be coffee. And so Israel's Israelis were not very receptive to this watered-down, uh, bitter version of the coffee that they were used to, and the price. I think you were going to talk about the price. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, I think Starbucks is expensive. But, you know, in a certain way, you're, you're, I agree, the coffee is very, very good here. The, the, we have a chain here uh, called Aroma, which is like the Israeli Starbucks, and their coffee is good. It's really good. And we have many other uh, good places for coffee. But, in fact... Um, Paris, you have all these beautiful brasseries and cafes, and you have amazing coffee, and you can get a coffee for a few, for very little money at the counter in in Paris. So I would say there is an enormous coffee culture in Paris, but nevertheless, Starbucks is all over the place. So uh, I I tried it, of course, because I wanted to taste. I didn't, I'm sorry, Starbucks, but I didn't think the coffee was that great. Also, the, the... portions you give are way too big for me like i need a a normal coffee cup i don't need like so much you know because then i need to go to the toilet all the time so uh too much is too much uh expensive um so but again there is a real coffee culture in paris but still you have starbucks all over the place and it works and you have an amazing coffee culture here and somehow it didn't uh, work the, the, I have to say that the coffee here is really good. You have some places that have very good Arabic coffee, even though if you're not used to it, it's it's wonderful. Uh, there is a place just off uh, where you live on Emek Refaim. Their coffee is 
very good there. Um, so why have Starbucks, basically? So we'll, we'll do a podcast on coffee uh, someday and yeah. cover the topic. Um, but I think the bottom line is we are a stiff-necked people, just as God described us. And uh, pumpkin spice lattes for $8 just didn't cut it here. But you know, there is a Stars and Bucks in Bethlehem. Yes. Everybody have a good week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.